This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Despite defeat at the weekend, there's cause for celebration this week as we mark 10 years of the Radfords' helm. It's been a roller coaster of a ride thus far, but strap yourselves in because the owners have big plans for the next 10. It'd be nice to see a few of our players get through and, and get through the academy, and that's what we would like to achieve. That, that, that would be a nice thing, a few promotions, and to see some homegrown talent come through, get into our first team, and... You know, even if they move on to a, a, you know, a higher league team, that would be nice for us to see happening from the academy. For me, I'd like the stadium to you know, have a big impact like this training ground is. And one thing, I need that stand knocking down, rebuilding, and you know, to make the, the stadium look immaculate. Um, follow us so... on I follow Stags. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm saving up for that, that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it would definitely be we need to do something with Bishop Street. Um, and I'd like to, you know, bulldoze the whole thing, start again, and make it really, really beautiful. Finish off the stadium. And I'm sure a lot of you out there think the same. If Mrs R can find a bulldozer, the gaffer might want to lend to knock his side into shape following a flimsy 2-1 defeat at home to Exeter on Saturday. There'll be no easy feat this weekend either as we break lockdown rules, break barriers and head to Wales to face old foes Newport County. Can the Stags kickstart the next 10 years of the Radford's reign with victory in Wales? What changes are needed to achieve this? And with the transfer window coming to a close soon, will any more additions be made? All questions we'll try and figure out the answer to over the next hour or so. Plus, as always, we'll delve into the dressing room and into the past as we look back on the last 10 years of John and Carolyn's Stag's story. They've been different class. They've been very, very uh, supportive. They're driven. They're, they're, and that's what I like about them. They're, they're driven. They really, really push you. They, they, they want better. They want more. Their standards is really high. And uh, what they've put in place here at this football club is, uh, is, is remarkable. And, and, and uh, I, I obviously thank them for, for the opportunity. They always end, uh, every time you speak to them, every time you talk to them, they always end with, uh, how can we help you? How can we support you? What more can we do for you? And, and, and that for me is, uh, is, is different class, to be honest with you. And um, I, I'm sure I speak for the squad, I'm sure I speak for every manager who's set this chair, and I'm sure I speak for every, uh, every Mansfield Town fan. And they're, they're, they're brilliant and uh, here's to another 10 years. As always, come and have your say on your team in the comments throughout the live show on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Manfield Matters podcast. It's been 10 years of ups and downs, but 10 years in which Mansfield have made some significant progress on the pitch. Alas, we haven't quite made it to the level that uh, John and Carolyn Radford wanted us to be. But slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. Although it's more softly, softly, catchy monkey. Either way, whichever way that saying goes, um, that is what it's 
all about. Can Mansfield Town do it this season? Well, if they are going to do that, then they might want to start improving on the pitch a little bit more. After the opening two games, which showed some encouraging signs, except for that... Uh, uh, that throwaway at Leighton Orient. The third game against Exeter City wasn't to be a 2-1 defeat. And tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast right here, right now, me, Cam and Nathan will be discussing all of that and much, much more in between. As always, though, we want you to have your say on your team. So get involved with the comments throughout. Time, though, to say hello to the two of them. Have a wave at your cameras, boys. Uh, good evening to you both. How are you? Are you well? I'll start with you, Nath. Uh, we didn't speak to you uh, on Saturday after the after the game. You were busy doing other things, social diaries uh, and all of that. Um, how has, has your week been following that defeat on Saturday? Good evening. Good evening, everyone at home. Um, well, if I t- I'm trying to just put put football to one side when you when you have a defeat, you know, it's uh, no one no one ever likes that. Although we uh, we've all been looking forward to football getting back, and uh, I'm starting to forget what it's like to uh, to win a match um, you know that that last league victory against Northampton which I can only watch on I follow <laughs> <laughs> seems a, a distant memory right now yeah, a bit of an in-joke between us there, because obviously uh, those who don't know, Nathan is blind and uses screen reading sort of software and things like that to, to get him. And just fill us in, Nathan, iFollow, the new iFollow app doesn't work for you, does it? No, <laughs> the other one was great. It worked absolutely, well, it wasn't perfect, but it worked really well. But now um, if I if I want to go onto the videos, I, whatever I select, it just takes me back to Northampton. I don't know if it's like trying to help me by trying to give me some good memories or something, but... <laughs> It's the only video I can watch, and I've you know I've probably watched it five times now, and it, it doesn't get any uh you know I'm getting a bit bored now, so I kind of <laughs> I'm getting very annoyed at it right now. Well, you know, hopefully we can sort of get that sorted out, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see some positiveness on that. Let's go to the other member of the the podcast crew, who by the looks of things this week has had more uh, stuff arrive at your uni flat. Cam, you've got some shirts in the background. You tr- you've got a bit of a beard going off. You know, you've got the microphone set, which is the same as mine. Are you sure you're not trying to get into get into my just be me, basically? Uh, no, it, I just although I've got my poster up. It was just bugging me that I just got a, a blank white wall behind me, and I thought, rather than uh, having a um, a virtual background, I decided to. Uh... Oh, these shirts I've had since moving in; these came with me, so I've got the away shirt from this year. I'm quite then... concerned that you're using that as a set. That you know, you know, that's not. I mean, for me, I have a strict rule, and my missus will confirm this for you. The three current shirts go in the wardrobe. The rest go in the drawer and slash can be used uh, for sets. I, I certainly wouldn't be putting my current shirt in there. Well, I've got enough shirts to change it around every week if I really wanted to. So I've gone old old and new. So this year's away shirt and 92, 93 away, the white and green uh, with the old badge on. Love that shirt. I mean, it's almost like you're trying to tell us something, something old something blue all you need is something borrowed have you got somebody on the go is, is there going to be some some wedding bells is that where this uh, is going 100 percent not 100 percent not <laughs> <laughs> or you know let's try and marry this back to football thank you um obviously we spoke to you on saturday after that 2-1 uh, defeat at home to exeter you've had time to stew and you've had a listen to what the gaffers uh, had to say in his press briefing today and after the match uh just uh have you had a chance to sort of get your head around it a little bit and sort of uh, reflect on it a bit more? No, still fuming. It was still a... fuming. You know when you've not got much positivity in your life because you can't go to the football, you can't do this, that and the other. It's when you've had a loss, it's like the only thing you can think about all week and it's just put a bit of a down. Do you know the what? weather's been rubbish so it, and then... Oh, it's just been a pet. It's just been a nightmare of a week, and it's not been. It, there's too much toxicity, and I don't like it. Thank you. Um, do you know what though? It, it's difficult for me today because uh, I, I've hold my hands up. I've actually managed to watch a live football game in the flesh, a Mansfield team as well. Uh, our football in the community's uh, post-16 CIFA squad played their first ever game uh, in the EFL CIFA, which is the Community Education Football Alliance uh, Central Division 4, yesterday at the RH. 
Uh, played on pitch three behind the the 3G pitch. Played against Nottingham Forest B. Won 2-0. So I've actually seen a Stags victory. In their first ever game as well. I mean, I feel... It's a rarity, that, but uh, no, fantastic. I feel like we should do a podcast on them rather than rather than the ramble at which we're watching virtually on Saturday. So actually, I'm in quite a buoyant mood because I've seen a stack side win. So uh, bring back down, shattering down, back down to earth, Nate. When's it ever going to click right for Mansfield Town FC? Because... You know, it was the say it's the same old story yet again, isn't it? Poor defensive work, switching off from set pieces, and basically saying to a team, make yourself at home, only for them to knock knock through and sort of make a make a lounge out of a kitchen. I'm going to say we are only three games in, so I'm not uh, I'm not hitting the uh, panic button just yet. Um, you know, they they are certainly the defence anyway is 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 quite new, so they are still. You'd like to say, you know, gelling a little bit. Not not had the usual preseason as in as many games that we normally would have had done. But obviously, same for the other teams. So you can't really play that card too much for the argument. But um, no, I, I do think we will come good. I mean, Exeter City, I, I kind of didn't expect to get much from it anyway. I mean, we haven't beat them at home for uh, over over a decade, I think it was. So speaking of decades, that's... Uh, Another one that you know um, that's quite relevant at this point. So they're, they're, they're a good side. So I, on the Stags net prediction, I did put us to lose, so I got some points. So I was happy about Summit. Um, but no, I just um, it's we're going to get some game. Obviously, you're not going to win them all. I think we just would have liked to have seen a bit more of a progression from where we had been. So we were, you know, we was on an upward curve. Uh, and we should all know what that means these days. So <laughs> things are looking good, but we've just uh, we seem to step go back a few steps on Saturday, which is disappointing. Yeah, but we all know what upwards co- what upwards curves are. Frightfully deceptive. <laughs> Let's move away from talk about COVID though, uh, and move on to talking uh, about all things Mansfield Town. Obviously, uh, Cam, we lost that game uh, at home to Exeter. It it wasn't a great performance from us. We sort of said it a little bit in the uh, the cool down post match reaction show about the team lineup. We were expecting a few changes following the Orient game um, to that lineup. It, it didn't happen. We played the same again. Do you think, in in hindsight, Graham Cochran might have made uh, one or two changes? Because I certainly think when Saturday comes at Newport, changes will be made. I don't see him sticking with his OCD one to eleven. Uh, I think you've got to change it, and I think fair enough. We wasn't winning, but we weren't losing either. So it's like, why fix something if it's not broken? It just very much gives off that sort of vibe. And it was, it's not that we were playing poorly against Tranmere and, and Leighton Orient. We just couldn't win. And we thought, oh, if we keep playing the same team, eventually we'll break as ducked. And it's obviously gone the other way. And I think we need now is a perfect time to change it. We've we've seen what works well, what doesn't quite work well. We've had a couple of new, obviously, I brought in um, someone like Stephen McLaughlin as well, just to give that strength and the depth to the squad. Let's see what he can do. Uh, bring Tyree Sinclair back into the squad. We know what he can do. And we've got someone like Jamie Reid on the bench as well, who's looking really really hungry really dangerous and we just need to give them a chance now and why not we've just come off the back of a loss Newport will still be high off of uh, having a good game against Newcastle on Tuesday night so let's just uh, change it up see what happens on Saturday and in terms of changes Nath obviously this is the prime time to sort of do it and and rotate the squad a little bit because Fitch now are going to come uh, thick and fast as we head into October. Obviously, Newport on Saturday. Then in uh, midweek, we've got uh, Lincoln at home in the second of the three group games in this year's EFL Trophy. Uh, then a home game against Stevenage to follow and a home game against Bradford. So home soil quite a lot uh, coming up. Uh, also this month, Morecambe away, Cheltenham away uh, and Barrow and Warsaw at home. So this month uh, in particular, what's, what's that? We've got one, two, three... Four, five home games uh, in in there. Uh, we really need to sort of uh, make our, our stamp, don't we, on, on home turf and sort of make it a place where people are going to struggle to come and play. Yeah, it's something that um, we, we've not really managed to do. Uh, we certainly didn't do last year. But, um, you know, I think it's an opportunity now to to make some changes. Uh, like, like we just said, I'll be 
Garbus Blankley went for the same uh, same you know same side on Saturday, but it's the same when we when we bring it. You know, when when we come back home, it's um, we need to. I don't know. I, we just need to get our first win now. You know, when we uh, after the Tramway game, we just said you know we needed a goal because obviously goals have been a bit short in pre-season as well. And yeah, after we got our first goal. We thought that's it. You know, that's that's gonna be the the switches to get us in. You know, get us rolling. But now we just need that need that first win and um, just get a bit of a, get a bit of confidence in the in the, in the team because you 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 think about. You know the aftermath of Leighton Orient. Although we did you know really well and played well to get two goals ahead, you know letting it slip like that's going to take a, an effect on the confidence of the players. So um, that wouldn't have been great going into into Saturday, especially against a good Exeter side. So um, and it'll be the same now. They're going to be hurting after that. So it's the the right opportunity to to change it and try and um, you know get a get some confidence in there and try and get a bit of form going. As always, keep your comments in. It's not just about us three rambling on over Skype. We can do that anytime. We can have a mother's meeting any day. Uh, we've got a group chat for that as well. Uh, keep your comments coming in. It's all about you guys as well. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. That catchphrase will never, never change. Sponsored this evening, it seems, by Dr Pepper. As uh, Nathan had a sneaky drink there, but didn't quite manage to hide the label. There you go. Uh, if they do want to sponsor us, I'd suggest a better company because Dr Pepper is like Mansfield's defence from corners. Poor. Uh, personal opinion, obviously. Dr Pepper's great. What are you on about? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're, no, not going to get go down that road. Uh, evening to, uh, to David, Ashley, Peter, Chris. Uh, your mum's watching as well. She's laughing about the comment about you getting married. Um, so I expect a phone call later. <laughs> and also a special uh, shout out. Good evening as well to a friend of the podcast, uh, uh, and of course, former manager, former player, former captain, all-round legend, Mr. Stuart Watkins. Good evening, Stuart. Hope you're well. Hope the family's well as well. A uh, couple of comments have come in so far as well. Wayne says, for me, Reed or Maynard has got to play alongside Cook with Perch in midfield and maybe Stone in goal. I wondered how it long how long it would be before the goalkeeper shouts uh, started to come in. Uh, Pedro says, season start, I gave them um, five or six games to settle. Still do. But after the first two games, I was quietly optimistic. But Saturday was a shocker. Has the use of O'Keefe been sussed? Not difficult, really. And uh, Roy says, agree with Stone in net, Maynard and Cook. And how's Danny doing? Bit early, too early to start asking for the manager to go. We need to be consistent. Yeah, we'll talk a bit about managerial changes uh, later on. Obviously, uh, interesting interview with John and Carolyn in the week as they s celebrate their 10-year uh, anniversary. Let's start with um, with the, the issues over the goalkeeper then, Cam. It was only a matter of time before shouts like that came, didn't it? I mean, to be honest, I, I really hope that Aidan Stone gets a, a run at least against Lincoln and gets a, a chance to prove himself because at the back end of last season when he came in to make his league debut when Olesnik got injured and, and things like that, um, I felt he played really, really well. He was performing really, really well. Nice lad on and off the pitch as well. Um, so I'd like to see him and give him a shot to... Uh, to see what he can do and make it a battle of keepers. Not and not and not and not this season. Have you're my number one. You're starting every week and you're just there for cover. I want a real battle in that position, as it should be everywhere across the pitch. I think that's one of the things that Graham said when Marek did come in. The fact that we have got a, a decent young keeper already in the ranks. And I think, yeah, like you said, Stone's a fantastic keeper. He's a good lad. He, he's obviously still got a lot to learn, but. Who'd be better to learn off the Marit Steck? He's, he's been there, he'd done it recently as well. So there's so much you can pick up off of him on and off the pitch. Um, Seamus McDonough as well, uh, another one obviously in the co on the coaching staff that can learn so much from and, and work with on the training ground. But yeah, if he's not going to get a chance, then what's the point in, in being here? And I think now's maybe a, a good time to... Obviously, he's going to play the cup match. That That's a... Nailed on fact, just because uh, Marek will has played every game so far, and he will probably play on Saturday as well. But obviously, squad rotation and everything, and especially when you're playing eight eight games in October, it's going to be such a such a battle. But now's the perfect time for Aiden to come out and prove himself because he is a fantastic keeper. Made some brilliant saves. Uh, I think it was against Northampton, obviously the last game. Uh, before lockdown, made some absolutely brilliant saves and really showed what class he has got. And yeah, hundred percent, get him in the squad, get him, 
get him some first team minutes and see where it goes because he really has got a good future. Let's talk the C word, and I'm not talking about those uh, those down the road, those conference goers, uh, Nath. Let's talk COVID for a second. Uh, I sort of mentioned this with Cam a little bit in the cool down post match reaction show after Saturday. How much do you think? How much of an effect do you think having to do the COVID tests, having to potentially, you know, self isolate and uh, and go down that route and and sort of look at who you've been around, etc. How much of an impact would that do you think that would have had? on Mansfield's preparations, particularly Monday, Tuesday, uh, when, when the news uh, came through? Because for a while, it, w- it was very touch and go. Uh, it, probably had a, it probably would have had a bit of an impact. And uh, we, obviously, we don't want to sit here and, uh, and, and make excuses for them. But, uh, you know, normally we say it's the same for every other, everyone else. But in this situation, it wasn't. You know, we're, Exeter didn't have to... Uh, basically not trained for two days. So, um, you know, it, it, certainly at this point in the season as well, like your preparation for games is, you know, is, is key. So it wouldn't have helped. Um, but, you know, I don't think uh, that alone should have caused, uh, you know, the, the poor performance, really. There's, I think, probably a few things, uh, you know, that are probably to blame for that. So, uh, you know, I... It, we haven't got that issue this week, so the most important thing is now is how we react to it. You know, it's um, uh, for the first time we've uh, this season. Obviously, we've, we've had we've had a defeat, and um, the the most important thing to uh, to do after you have a defeat is is uh, is react. So let's see how we um, how we do that in training this week. Hopefully, some some players grab that grab that shirt to uh, you know get in that starting eleven and, and, and upset that a little bit. And, uh, and we go out and, and, and take it to Newport. And I, I completely, completely agree. But I'm just thinking, Cam, about, you know, as we go forward, it's going to be something which, there's Podcast Dog, if you can hear him barking in the background. Um, if, you know, how much of a thing do you think that's, uh, that's, I've lost my trail of thought, I can only hear him barking. Um <laughs> How much do you think it's going to impact Cam in terms of going forward? Because it's going to be a constant threat this season now, isn't it? At least probably, you know, until the end of the year. Obviously, there's no end date on when this madness of COVID is going to end. But it's something else which we've now got to factor into uh, into our preparations. How much, you know, because we've been through it early, do you think that will help rather than sort of hitting it, you know, maybe a month or so down the line? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Because obviously there were games called off over the weekend as well, with um, obviously Leighton Orient had their game called off. Uh, Grimsby against Cheltenham also was off at the weekend because Grimsby tested positive. So it's it's going to be a battle for more than just us. Obviously, everyone's going to come across it at some point, no matter how hard you try. Someone, some way, is going to get it, and it's going to affect football some way or another. Well, it but already is with just... fans, isn't it? I guess, but it's yeah, exactly. I, I feel it's... for the players most. I mean, uh, it's like. <sighs> Take, for example, Ryan Sweeney, you know, he's had just had a, a, a newborn baby, barely, what, two weeks old. And it was what his, his newborn baby was maybe days old when they got the news about the, the COVID testing, Cam. And, you know, for that to go through your head, you know, sort of, I, you know, maybe to go and have to sleep in the spare room to, to sort of be away from him and not be able to help out because he might potentially have it and things like that. All of those things must must go through through your mind. You you must forget about being a footballer and and doing your job and just focus on your family because that's ultimately family and your health is the most important thing. It's of course it's not a an excuse we're going to use for the performance on the pitch, but it's going to play a massive part mentally, and we have to be more mentally mentally prepared than anything this year. Yeah, I think. I think that's probably what let us down on Saturday. I just don't think our mindset was right. Obviously, we had um, probably what, maybe two days off. Obviously, came in on the Monday, uh, got the news Monday. Obviously, I had to then go home, self-isolate, test on Tuesday. Probably didn't get that back on Wednesday. So, yeah, maybe two, three days that you've lost in training, and that's a fair chunk. And that's more than just working on fitness and working on shape and whatever. That's working on your the actual game plan. How you're going to set up for the game? How you're going to go through the game? And you just can't make that time back. And it just looked that we were very much just lumping it clear uh, on Saturday. And I think that's probably the reason because we just didn't have a have the time to look at 
Exeter, how they play, how how to be most effective against them. And you know, I think we probably did touch upon it during the weeks. Obviously, we we looked dangerous early doors, but after that, they just overrun us, and you could see that we were just we just didn't seem ready at all. Let's talk uh, Danny Rose for a second, Nath. Let's move on and answer Roy's question. Uh, latest on him, uh, Graham Cochran sort of mentioned in his press today that he's probably maybe a game away. I would expect, wouldn't expect particularly to see him Saturday against Newport, but I would expect to see him get some minutes um, against uh, Lincoln in the cup. In some ways, I know it's a, a cliche to say, but if he can sort of you know find his fitness again and and, and uh, perform well against Lincoln. It will be like having a, an extra signing coming coming in, wasn't it? Wouldn't it? Because he's been sort of away from it for for what seems like so long now. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back in Saturday with it being Newport because it's his. Uh, it's like his uh, <laughs> his own boxing ring, isn't it? The amount of uh, you know the, the his poor the, face. Sort of, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely. It's some reason whenever I think of Newport, I think of Danny Rose. It's uh, uh, he's always in the in amongst it there. But no. Um, I expect him, to, like you say, to probably uh, feature in the the Lincoln game. Hopefully, because it would be nice to have him back sooner rather than later. And um, you know, he's a player that he gets uh, he gets criticism from some fans because he's not necessarily an out and out goal scorer as such. But what I love about him, and I think what we love about him is you know, on the podcast is well, the, the fact the not, not just anagram, yeah, um, <laughs> but his. What what he offers to the team, you know, he he's, he offers, he's so good in the air. Obviously, he wins your free kicks. You know, maybe it goes down a bit lightly, but if you win, if you get you an advantage from a free kick, uh, then that's only a benefit for the for the team. Um, and it's just his link up play, which I think over the last year or so he's got even better at. So it's that different role that he can play. That at the moment, I don't think any of those strikers that we have or forward players that we have at the the team can can do the same way he can do it. No, I think Bowery gives gives a lot, but I, I, I sometimes I think he gets lost in a game for maybe five, ten minute spells, whereas, you know... In the corner flag. You, well, that's it, yeah, especially in the corner flag. Far too long. He spends far too long up there. But I think Danny is one of those players who, because he's played with Cook before, they had a, a relatively decent partnership going as, as well at one point. And, uh, yeah, I think that understanding might be there. And I think he... Given the way we've changed the role we play this year, I think that's going to really suit Danny Cam. Getting on the ball a little bit more, getting the ball to feet from midfield, allowing then players like Maris, Charlesley to maybe come into effect a little bit more than what they have done so far. Yeah, we've seen how dangerous the, the, the midfield can be and we've seen how dangerous Danny Rose can be. Um, have we seen the real Danny Rose in the last... Obviously, he's not played even in pre-season. He didn't really feature all that much. Uh, oh, it's not as much as we'd want to be, and we just need to get him back in it because obviously we saw not so much last season, but season before, we we saw how how dangerous he could be, and we know he can score goals. That's the thing. He, he he's very very adaptable. He knows where the back of the net is, but he's very much a team player as well. He's very much the heart and the soul of the team. He is Mr. Mansfield. He wears wears the shirt with pride and it, it just seems that whenever we do play it just we have a striker but then we have obviously the world's best defender as well which is a, a massive bonus when it comes to defending from corners Could have done with him Saturday. Enough, we, we concede from set pieces where's our best defender at the minute absolutely not in the side uh let's uh, we'll talk about defenders a little bit more when we hear from uh, Rolly Maniese uh in just a minute but first let's hear from the gaffer Graham Cochran speaking early today at the RH Academy he's been speaking to I follow stags all about Saturday's game and how the stags can push on this season um, not just the manner in which we conceded but um the, the, the way we played, I didn't think uh, it was one of our better performances. It was very little in the game. Two set pieces have done us. And uh, I, I, again, I've gone back to Saturday. I think, it's, I think we've uh, shot ourselves in the foot, not only side the, uh, the, the week previous against Leighton Orient. Um, but again, it's, it's, there is science. There is, uh, there is little seeds of hope there. Um, the lads, are, uh, the lads are, are, are coming together. And I have to understand... You have to you have to get it from the dressing room point of view. They were they were they're hurting at the minute. They were hurting, and the way they trained this week is uh, is uh, I didn't take much much telling or much talking to to be quite honest with you. They were like uh, they were a group of 
group possessed, to be quite honest, training this week. We've worked hard over the last couple of months. Um, we're building where we're, I believe, um, uh, whether I'll be proved right or proved wrong in the coming months, but I believe we're, we're, we're walking towards something. I certainly believe in the group and I certainly believe in what we're, uh, what, what we're trying to do and, and, and where we're trying to go. One defeat is always going to knock you. One defeat is always going to uh, um, make, you, make you take a, a step back or, or a bump in the road, call it what you want. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm the worst person in the world for defeats. But uh, look, let's, let's, uh, let's, as I said to the group, stick, stick with us, stick together. Um, I think they believe in what we're doing. I think uh, we believe in what we're doing. At the end of the day, we, we, we want and we need and we're looking for a little bit of luck, a little break of the ball because uh, it, it has been it has been tough. And whatever we've done, whether we've run over some, some cats or, or, or whatever whatever bad luck we're, we're, we're getting, we'll deal with it and we'll carry on. But uh, one little break of the ball and one, one maybe decision in the game and, and, and that could just all change for us. We'd rather trust in what we're doing. We'd rather keep, keep coaching, keep training. And eventually, it will land. It will land for us. It will fall for us. We will get a break of the ball. We will get a bit of luck. We will win a game. And it's how we react after that will be the important thing and where we go and what we do from there. Rome wasn't built in a day. I get that. But like I said, I think I said it, and I've said it umpteen times, I can't recall, I can't recall ever starting well in my own career, never mind managing career or or whatever. I think this time last year, I, I believe I only had one point on the board as a, as a manager. I think uh, the last time I got promoted out of this division with uh, Southend, I think we only had three, was it three points a point per game? I think when I won this division as a player, I don't think we'd won to about five or six games in. So I, I, ain't, getting, uh, I ain't getting too down and I ain't getting too, too depressed about it. Um, this group of boys, this group of boys will, uh, we, we will respond. Um, we, we will um, we will come on something, and um, I, I'm very very hopeful, very confident as as is the rest of the lads. No cats were harmed in the making of this football team or this podcast. Graham Coughlin speaking to I Follow Stags uh, earlier today. You can watch that in full by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow where it's the only place you can watch the action thanks to somebody coughing or eating a bat. Uh, right then, Nath, you heard him a little bit there uh, speaking about slow starts in, in his career and thinking about it as, as well. I think first and foremost, what we needed him to say this week was exactly what he did what he did do he was calm he reiterated the fact not to not to panic you know Rome wasn't built in a day as he says and it's just about how you learn as long as we can learn and, and improve on our last game then for me we'll be fine he, he knows what he needs to do the boys know what they need to do we just need to you know not get mixed up and, and messed up in the hype of and the annoyance of losing a game no and um we need a bit of realism as well, you know. We're we're not um, we, we're not going to go and win every single game, and uh, we've we've played three out of forty six. So you know, there's a, there's a hell of a long way to go. Well, we hope there is. So let's hope the season doesn't get uh, ended early this time. But um, you know, it's there's there's a lot more football to be played, and um, that I think the thing that makes it harder is we the fact that we should have had three points, at least three points on the board from the first two games. So. You know the likes. We should have won. We should have beaten Tramia, and we, and we really should have beaten Leighton Orient. And just winning one of those games would have made wouldn't have made that defeat feel as bad, really. Because obviously now you you three games without a win, whereas we could have been uh, you know looking at it as one one draw and one lost one, and then you, you don't feel it doesn't feel too bad, does it? But um, so I think that's probably the, the most frustrating thing, and it doesn't help that with fact we've got a another very difficult difficult game around the corner. Um, but he, he is right. We are showing positive signs, but we've just got we've got work to do. And um, what I like to hear from him is the fact that the uh, you know he's he's seen a response from from the players in training. They've come back and uh, they're not happy with with what happened. So uh, and they seem determined to put it right. So let's hope uh, that, you know that they take some of that fuel and uh, put it in the right areas to uh, to get a good response. Let's talk about the one thing, Cam, which has sort of been highlighted this week, and that's the, the back three. Pretty much completely changed from the last few seasons. I know on last week's podcast we had a lot of people talking about um, Christian Pierce. Um, interesting, Matt Preston has signed for Barnet, so I'm going to uh, today. So I'm going to start putting bets on to see how long it is before he's sent off for Barnet, um, which will be quite interesting. Um, but I think 
one thing we need to sort of highlight with this this back three, we are going to consistently play this system, but we have to highlight that it is a very inexperienced in in some respects and and youthful back three. Yes, um, you know Faz Rawson's played a, a, a couple of seasons or so now. He's got under his belt. Sweeney the same with us. Um, Manayese, not so much, uh, sort of had a half season last year in terms of the amount of games he played. It's going to take time for them to gel. It's going to take time for them uh, to, to learn the new roles. And we just need to, you know, maybe give them a little bit of, uh, of leeway with that. Because when the old back three um, started, you know, under Dave and the back three, which, you know, people came to love and, and sort of, you know, the the solid defence that was sort of weak at the start as well. We gave that time to grow. We need to do the same thing here. We need to stop comparing and just sort of give them a little time to build, to understand, and to you know to, to settle. Yeah, and I, I know this is never ever ever going to happen. But you compare it to the the season under Dave where we had a a bit of a start drawing games. We lose to Exeter early on. Well, lose to Exeter at home in September, late, late September. What did we do? Went unbeaten until early January. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? It really would It'd be, be nice. nice. But we just need, to, yeah. I know it's yeah, same manager as last season, but it's all all but what one player at the heart of that defence. Everything else has changed. Obviously, bringing in Faz and and, and Mayo. Uh, so they need time to gel. And yes, it's three games in now, but. They're still young players, and it's a completely different situation because obviously we'd be like we'd be a solid way into the season by now. Usually, we'd be two months into the season by now, and we're only three games in. There's a long way to go yet, so don't be don't don't be worrying about it too much because there is such a long way to go, and we know this. And yes, it's going to be difficult, but we've got eight games coming up over. Um, over the month, obviously one of them's in the EFL Trophy next Tuesday against Lincoln. Fantastic time for the players that aren't quite getting the minutes to get some minutes under the belts um, and to to help their development. But then it gives the players that are in the core of the squad a bit of time off when they need it, a bit of recu- bit of recuperation time, and ready to ready and raring to go to the to the game next Saturday. I think it's it's just a waiting game. Yes, we we're two three games in, but we just need to wait because there's there's so much that can change this season on and off the pitch. Well, let's hear from one of those uh, back three now. Let's hear from the man who got on the score sheet uh, on Saturday, uh, Nathan's favourite. What's his name, Nath? Roland Mayonnaise. Let's hear from him. Points we have shown on the board, but I feel like we've two games. First two games that we should have won, uh, and then we lost by two set pieces on the on the following weekend. But I think it's good signs, and I feel like it's not a bad starting marker for the start of the season. I think as well with pre-season, like we didn't really have much time together, but I think like the partnerships and um, the organisation and the team are starting to move on more, and we're starting to know each other's games that out, and I think we see that progress throughout the season. It was extremely dis- disappointing after the game. Um, we feel like we didn't play as well, but even so, to lose by two set pieces is not really like us. It's not really something that we want to be doing, and it's easy to be rectified. And I feel like going into that game, that we should, when we went one up, there's this type of game that we should be winning. Don't really score much, so that's my first goal. So it really meant a lot to me on a personal note, but obviously it was disappointed that we didn't get something out of the game. And you can hear more from Roland Many essay by visiting I Follow Stags. You can hear from Graham Coughlin on there as well. Let's move on then, Nathan and Cam. Let's move uh, to the main talking point of this week. Ten years of the Radford. Um, Cam, you know, as you would have been relatively youngish when, uh, or younger-ish um, when they came in. I'm going to come to Nathan first. What's your memories of when they first took over the club? Um, it, I remember it, it felt like we'd been saved because it was a very, um, it was a very dark time, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we look at football now, obviously different circumstances, but you got the other MTFC going out, out of business and, and Barry last year, 
um you know and, and we got to the point where we you know we were getting very close to that ourselves and uh with all the you know we we, we think uh, we thought last season was, was was tough because of what happened on the pitch but when you compare that to where we were uh, you know just over 10 years ago it it's 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 nothing in comparison where you know the, the club is in such a better place but um yeah when when john came in it it really did feel like the club had uh, had, had been saved and uh, you know it was we finally had something to uh, to look forward to and had a bit of hope and uh, you know he came in and said what he wanted to do and um you know a few seasons later we we well not even a few seasons really just a, probably a year later we're starting to uh, get a bit excited about those possibilities so no it was um, an exciting time whose phone's ringing i can hear it Who's... apparently it's yours is it <laughs> anyone interested uh, john yeah yeah i am uh, I'm, don't worry i'm saying all, all good things mate yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> right, i just I mean, that would have been funny if somebody did actually reply. That would have been, I mean, that would have been hilarious. Uh, anyway, uh, Cam, obviously, you know, you, I, I, to, to be fair, I think it's fair to say that you won't really remember Mansfield as much in the old darkened days. And your Mansfield journey particularly would have been, would have evolved pretty much at the same time as the Radfords. So when I first started watching, it was just the odd game here and there. It was the 06-07 season, odd game here and there. Uh, I did like your Notts County away and whatever. Um, but my first season ticket, and I went to every game, was the the 8-9 season. So the first year after the co- going down into the conference. And oh my God, what a hellhole. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I only went to home games and I never went to an away game because I was like seven or eight at the time, but it was just, it was, um, it was strange because it was getting into football and it was just so, such a negativity, just like, just such a, a dark cloud hanging over the club. And then obviously the following season, we didn't do much better. Um, and, and then obviously Radford's come in and uh, just as I really, really started to get into football, there's, like a 10, 11 year old when Radford came in, it was just so, such a difference. Like the club was obviously much more positive. There was actually direction to the club. There was no no fear of going out of business as such. So it was, I enjoyed going to football more because the, like the one call the, or Phil Mill was just a nicer place to be. And obviously I think what, a lot of what's happened with the Radfords, I think, started because we did make the FA Trophy final in the first season. And I think that that really gave him and, and obviously then Carol had a real sense of pride in the club. They wanted to take the club as far as they could go with it after seeing what it can do, what it potentially can do. And obviously the season after, missing out in the playoffs. And then obviously the le- season after, we, we get back into the league, which is where we wanted to be. But without... Without the Radfords, then I think every Stags fan can hold their hands up and say, we, we wouldn't have a club. We, we just simply wouldn't have a club without John and Carolyn. Yeah, the work they've done has been absolutely phenomenal. I, I sort of remember when I was on work experience in the media department, um, when they were sort of first coming in, you know, they, they always made it their business to take the time to, to talk to every single person in the office. They cared about, you know, what, what they did and their opinions and, and things like that and we're always you know always always gave praise and and took ideas on board which is great and reputation Nath is absolutely everything in football and the way they've changed our reputation for the better I think that's probably one of their biggest achievements for me because you know I, I could pick two or three names out of the air just randomly and, and those particular clubs have got you know certain reputations uh, for example um Macclesfield have always as, as long as I've known them had a reputation for being um low a lowly club always scraping at the bottom of the league often got money worries and things hanging over their head um you know it, it's the same for a, a number of teams whereas there's other teams especially for for a while sort of when I was when I was a little bit younger like um, your Boltons and things like that who, who always had a good reputation of having a little bit of, of money behind them obviously that sort of wavered it changed it with, with the tide in times and, but reputation carries over and it's took a long time for, for them to 
from when they first come in, it was very difficult for them to attract supporters to the stadium, um, good players to the football club, good managers to the football club. And the way they've, they, they've transformed that now, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And you've got to take your hat off to them, haven't you, Nath? Yeah, and I'd, I'd probably say they um, they probably haven't quite got what they deserve really at the moment. You know, I, uh, you know, really, I, I I think what what's happened on the pitch, they they throughout all the effort and all the hard work and for what they've brought to the to the club and to the town, they you know we we probably should be a League One club right now. That's that's probably the the missing bit. You know, I think. Um, if we had managed to uh, to get up there over the last few seasons, when we've come so close, uh, we probably would have had an extra couple of thousands on the gates, which again, you know, the club deserve. Uh, well, you know, and, and the Radfords deserve. Um, would have been attracting better players. Dif- you know, there'd be a completely different sort of uh, quality to around the club. And, and like I said, I think we've been ready for that transition, but sadly, the we just haven't quite done it on the pitch yet. So, you know, they did an incredible job to get us back into the league. That was all, that was the biggest thing we needed really that, and that, that year will uh, certainly for myself, that'll never be forgotten. But since we've been back Avoid in the league, we've, been back to where, yeah, we, we've always been sort of a, a league two club, haven't we? For as, as long as, uh, you know, certainly in my lifetime, a league Absolutely. two with a couple of uh, appearances in, in league one, but coming straight back down, um, you know, we've, it's like trying to just get above that where where we know we 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 can get to, but it's just not happened just just yet. But I'm uh, it will come and and uh, and and they certainly uh, deserve it when it does come. Yeah, it certainly do. Well, I think now is the the prime time actually to hear a little bit from them. Uh, they've done a, uh, a a really long exclusive interview on uh, I Follow Stags, um, which uh, we're going to play a little bit from. Now, some great memories, some great footage in there as well. It's also like a top 10 moments, uh, 10 achievements sort of thing on there as well. Well worth checking it out by heading to mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow. But this is John and Carolyn speaking to iFollow Stags as we celebrate 10 years of the Radfords. I was in, up in the loft yesterday and I, I pulled, I, I kept some of the uh, programmes from the early days and I pulled a programme out and it was... It was basically reflecting on the year year one of my uh, term as chairman. We were going, we were talking about the the Haslam problem that we were having at the time. Oh, uh, gosh. We just let I just let uh, Holsworth go, probably a mistake at the time, and uh, uh, affected Duncan Russell at yeah. the time, so he had taken over, and we were going, we were chasing a little cup run. So it was, in that one year, there was lots of little events. Over yeah. ten years, there's been there's so been many, so many, so many events, and there's so many things we've tried to go for and try to ch- chase. I think one of the biggest achievements that we've done over the 10 years is getting this um, place built and getting this sorted out. This Walking around here, every time I come to the training ground, it is definitely, it's championship standard. Mm. It looks immaculate. It's got a real sense of pride about it. It's an amazing facility, so it's definitely up there. But I'd say, you know, number one for me was is getting promoted. You know, our Paul Cox years, I, I look back very specially and what very fondly about about that that year. I would say um, MK Dons away. Um, the two seasons ago. Then last few games of that season, we were there, we were chasing. I mean, if it had been COVID on that season, we'd have been gone up. We'd have gone yeah. up, obviously. We'd have been, we were in automatic at that It'd time. Been a year later. Um, but that was, we just had one goal. And I feel, you know, and it's, you have an irate moment and I'm, I took it out on the manager, we did, and we both argue about this on lots, you know, <laughs> lots of occasions because we both had different opinions. Um, but that was, that was probably one of the worst moments there. And, you know, and, and you know, it happens and, it, we, you know, we've had it happen to clubs and we've been the person that's caused them the problem. So it, that's football, but that's one of the worst moments. Yeah, I certainly would agree with Mr Radford there. Uh, you can... Catch up with that in full by heading to uh, mansfieldtown.net forward slash iFollow. Lots of memories, talking about lots of things in there. First thing I want to address, though, uh, to, to both of you is uh, something John said at the, the very start of that. Now, I've got a ton of respect for John. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Say, yeah. yeah, they both know what's coming and everyone hopes should. John said he shouldn't have got rid of holes before he did. John, never doubt that decision, my friend, because that was the best bit of 
that's the best <laughs> bit of club management you've done uh, in the entirety of um, of your ten years in charge. Had uh, you know, had he still been uh, in the role, we would now be on signing uh, probably near a million. Cam, I think that'd be fair to say. I think we'd have probably still been in the conference. To be fair, probably lower. Um, <laughs> but now, um, yeah, that's the thing. We've we've when a new manager uh, when a new owner comes in, they want to a lot of the time they do change the manager, and it was something that you'd probably expect. And but I think it was crucial for him for us to get rid of him. And I think not only is a because he wasn't the greatest manager in the world, but I just think that the club needed new faces. And obviously, I think a lot of. I, other than like backroom staff, office staff, no one's the same as back then. Yes, like, come a very long changed. way. And it, the, the club's just in a much better place, not only just off the pitch, but uh, on the pitch as well. And um, it's like getting rid of dead, dead, dead wood. And I think that was something, obviously, the ma- John wanted to go in a different direction. And I, th- I thought, obviously, Duncan Russell did a great job getting us to the FA Trophy final. And then, obviously, uh, bringing Paul in, in and uh, probably one of the best managers in in recent history that we've had, and I think obviously without John coming in and and having this like right, we need to get the club to here and here and here without having such a plan, we we probably would still be struggling down in the conference if he wasn't so so committed and and did have such a plan for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still think it's one of the best bits of business that he's uh, he's ever done, Nate. But on a serious oh, note, of course you would. Well, of course he was just an absolute. Um, let's uh, talk about managers, though, Nate, because uh, John's and Carolyn are very open in that interview. Um, if you watch it in full, uh, which uh, I praise, he uh, talks a little bit about um, John Dempster actually being up there as one of his favourites and uh, regrets, uh, you know, sort of not. Hit, maybe the start which John had and him not being able to sort of uh, go on and progress in, in the way they'd sort of uh, visioned uh, for him. I, I respect the honesty, but if you look at the managers uh, that we've had, every single appointment has sort of got better and better and better and we've attracted uh, we've attracted bigger names. And and also the, the managers which have come in as well have taught them uh, a number of lessons too. Yeah, um, you know, it was quite refreshing to sort of hear them uh, speak about, you know, the, the manager appointments. You know, he, he struggled to pick a favourite, um, which obviously you're going you're gonna to say is, uh, I, think they, I think they eventually both agreed on Paul Cox in the end, which uh, for obvious reasons. He... I love how, by the way, sorry to cut you off, I love how, you know, John did the, the very reserved thing of skating around the answer and giving a very sort of uh, open answer, say, oh, no, everyone's my favourite, everyone's my favourite, and Caroline's just going... No, I've been asked a question. I'm going to answer the question. <laughs> no, that was uh, it. Was quite funny. I was, uh, yeah, I, I was hoping someone would give a bit of a blunt answer. Obviously, we knew uh, we could uh, rely on Carolyn to do that. But um, yeah, I mean, um, obviously they, they discussed that. But it was quite interesting to say, hear what he had to say about John Dempster. And obviously, he, que- he, he clearly still holds him in high regard. He just said it, it just sadly didn't work out for him because of a few different things. Maybe. You know, he stepped in too early, or maybe, you know, and it was partly because of the players that we had in the in in the squad at that point. Which, obviously, in hindsight, you can look at and say, you know, maybe that obviously was was his downfall as well. So, you know, it's good to hear that John, you know, still believes in that decision, but it just didn't really work out. But he was still also, um, you know, brave enough to uh, to make the decision to to let him go because obviously he said he would have loved to give him more time. But obviously, you can't in football. That's just just not always possible. So, um, you know, and, and and one thing that when you know people go and, and watch the full the full uh, uh, video, you know, definitely do. So, you know, I enjoyed watching it earlier. They um, they don't seem to have any regrets as well, which is which is which is good. You know, they they believe their decisions, and um, you know, hopefully that's the case now with, with Graham. And uh, although. Uh, you know, certainly I hope people aren't going to be suggesting that Graham's not the man for the job yet because it's so early on. But uh, they, as Graham said in his interview, they, they, he, he knows he can go to them for their backing, and they've always supported uh, whoever, whoever they put in in that role. So um, you know, that it's 
refreshing. They they all want one. They want one thing that you know they're supporters of the club, and I think we need to always remember that they they are here to uh, the, the, you know we've got people we can trust in charge of this football club, and that's the most important thing. Uh, especially in this current climate. Yeah, and, the, and one thing which I think is good as well, the, you know, they're open, Cam, in the, the fact that they said they've learned lessons. Um, you know, for example, John spoke about the Paul Cox thing. I mean, we know the story of this because Paul's told us on, on the podcast, if you want to go and listen to that, of course, you, you can do go to our website, mtfcmatters.co.uk, uh, and search for that. Some good insight there. Um, you know, John referenced it and said, you know, it... it it was a, a very mutual thing, but it could have gone uh, either way and, and, and things like that. And, you know, had it maybe not been for Paul being a little bit stern in, in wanting to walk away, he, rather than taking a break, he could still be manager now. And, uh, it, and and that was an interesting one. And then on the flip side of that, you know, so he's learned from, you know, having a, maybe a too close relationship um, and being friends to the flip side of that and, and sort of, learning the harshness of the business of football with the Steve Evans thing. You know, again, they built up a good rapport, a good friendship, but then the rug was pulled because ultimately business is business. Yes, we know that they've sort of kissed and made up, if you like, now. Maybe they went to Waitrose together, whatever, via China, who knows. Um, but that situation at the time was was a lesson which sort of made them be a little bit sterner, maybe, in their approach to, to, to running the club and how they went about the business. Yeah, and I think with a lot when you look at the Evans thing, I think you've very much got to look at fo- football as a business. At the end of the day, you've got to, as much as like you look at players like, oh, you're only going there for the money. It's like sometimes it is the case, but then again, you've got to look what's what's best for your family, what's best for yourself. And um, I know I know we're not a million miles from where Evans lived, but obviously Peterborough was where we ended up, and that's a, a literal stone's throw from where he lives in Stamford, so or used to live in Stamford. So you can understand it. It's just it was just gutting when he did leave because obviously we were on such a hype, and I think that's probably why we we don't high have Steve in such high regards as a former manager. But you've got at the end of the day, you literally got to look at it from the other side and. I know we we get a lot from the Radfords. We like they talk on their, their own social media and they talk to the media team. But to actually be able to hear them and sit down and go through their best bits, their worst bits, I think just shows what fantastic owners that we have got. Because you look at just take the Premier League for example, you would not see a, a day where the the owner would sit down with the media team who would well obviously the Raptors live out in Portugal now they've been traveling Europe recently they came back to do this who what owner would you know that's like at this uh, a, a, a football league club would come back just to do an interview obviously they've got other things to do but they didn't have to do this interview they didn't have to go out and see the players at the RH they could have just sat at home and done it but they came back and they just was honest and I think that as fans that's what we need from the owners we need them to be honest and and it's and it's great just hearing about what they think's good and what's bad and if they have any regrets because at the end of the day neither of them thought they'd ever own a, a football club you think obviously Carolyn's very 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 clever got um, working in where with John in the beginning but they both come from a business background both insurance and this that and the other not not football they've not got a football background so they're still learning as as much as as what we are as fans learning about the club learning different bits and bobs so we've just got to hold our hands up and just say thank you for everything they've done uh whether that's on the pitch off the pitch and even if it is finally time to rip down the bishop street standards as carolyn says she does bulldoze it that's what she said she wants a bulldozer I guarantee when that, that stand does come down, she's the first person that drives the bulldozer. It's a great PR. It's a great PR. Uh, on a serious note, though, you know what? just picking up on what you said there, Cam, as well, I think um, we won't touch on it too much because I'm running out of time. I've been told that I've got about five minutes before food's ready, so I need to need to get ready and get rid of this. Um, but I think one thing which interests me is in terms of taking the next step, you know, you spoke about them being um, 
you know, new to football and not having that football background and having to learn as we went. Carolyn spoke about that in the interview as well, about how she was progressing at the same time, which Paul Cox was, and the journey sort of went on an upward scale, etc. There's been bumps in the road. Now they've got, now that, you know, they've, they're focusing more on the family, living out in Portugal, but they've put a man in David Sharp as CEO who has got a football background, who's been there, who, who's done it, who understands it. And that, for me, is them laying the seeds uh, for the next step. We won't dwell on that now. We'll, we'll talk about that on, on numerous other podcasts in the future. Uh, but one thing I will end on uh, today is I'm going to ask you two the same question or the similar question which Steve-O asked to, uh, to John and Carolyn, and that is um, your best moment from the last 10 years of them however i don't want you to give the obvious answer of promotion i want you to pick out a, a significant moment or significant thing of how they have watered the, the seed of the plant of this club to to take it from uh, just you know some horrible ugly weeds in the corner of a garden to a nice blossoming rose flower of a club that it is with the potential to bloom even more. So don't go down the route of promotion, because that, that's a boring answer. Give me a proper, proper supporters answer. Cam, I'm going to come to you first, because Nathan looks like he hates the question. <laughs> and the laugh told me he does. Uh, I think there's only one way to go in, and I think that's uh, the appointment of Paul Cox. I think that was obviously John Bin in the club a year it was uh carolyn's first year in the club and i think that was the first real stepping stone to get where we were was to appoint paul and obviously we didn't do it in his first season but it was where the club just started to grow grow on and off the field and i think that's um that's a testament to what Paul did, Paul brought to the club when bringing players in, bringing um, staff in. But I think that's also a testament to just how much the club grew off the pitch as well. Um, obviously, getting the ground back and then just making the ground a, a good place to be, a family. Stop milking! I said pick one moment. You've picked about four. No, 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 no. Well, <laughs> one because it then spiraled into these things. So. I'll let I'm you giving you a good answer. Nathan's just going to be a bunt answer. I'll, I'll, well, you know, maybe that's what's needed when food is on the table. Nathan, let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when it when it all changed. It's when we, we became a proper football club. It's when we got rid of that porter cabin and had a proper club shop. That, <laughs> that's the point yes. When it all changed for us. Um, but no, seriously, that and you know, getting the uh, 1861 suite and. Uh, and obviously the, the Sandy Pay or Sandy's Bar, it's called now. That those things has made us, if you know, an actual. It feels like we're actually a football league club now. You know, uh, having those things in in the conf. Well, we didn't have those things, did we? And like I said, we had the port cabin. It was like we were a proper non-league club, really. Yeah. Um, just a just just with a larger larger stand more than anything. But they've done invested in the places that need investing. You know that. It's not just throwing money at the at the at the the team, which obviously they, they have done as well. Let's not forget that they certainly have, but they've also put money in the areas that that are there forever for the football club, even when they're not here. Um, and that to me is one of the most important things about about what they do for this club because they they're not just thinking about the here and now; they're thinking about Mansfield Town for the future, and that's that's what's got to be important. It's a legacy, and we want to make sure that we've always got a Mansfield Town football club to follow so um yeah for me that's it's those bits and bobs they do that that are the, the the most important things that i'm most proud of the last 10 years absolutely the way they've sort of come in uh, got their hands dirty put the 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 wheels in motion to sort of go on and, and and progress as a club like nathan said the bars everything around the club what they've essentially done getting the ground back was was the massive thing plowing money into that yes it meant that you know for a few seasons when we got back into the football league the budget was a little bit tighter but it didn't matter because we basically made it's it's very difficult when you're in the housing market for example if you rent a house it's difficult to make that house your home when you own it you can do what absolutely anything you like to make that place your own home. And there is no place like home. However, my favourite moment is this. Slags. Oh, how close are they going to come to finding a late winner? I actually think they can get it. I think it'll be dramatic. I think they'll get it. I believe. 
Do you believe Mansfield Town fans? If you do, start singing and back your side and draw them in as Marriott launches forward again. Reed is the target, flicked on it, might try and fall. For Greenish out the box, yes! Matt Greenish won it for Mansfield Town! Yes! Come on! Mansfield on top of the table, the fans are on the pitch, and Matt Green gets his second goal of the game. It's Hereford 1, Mansfield Town 2, and that's the goal which could win Mansfield Town the league. The Stacks fans go berserk, as do the press. What a dramatic goal! I said it would come, and Matt Green has found it. Come on! That is never going to get old at all. What I would do for more moments like that. Who knows when those moments may come. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always, always matters. Thanks very much to John and Carolyn Radford for their work over the last 10 years. Let's hope for more days like that. More celebrations, more joy rather than despair. Don't look at uh, Saturday's result against Exeter as a negative. Let's look at it as a lesson. Just like the lessons John and Karen have learned over the last decade. Let's learn from it, let's work hard and let's progress. Join me and Cam after the game on Saturday. Stags against Newport, 15 minutes after the full-time whistle for the cool-down post-match reaction show. And we'll be back on this podcast in a couple of weeks' time, mainly because Nathan is off to a beach for a few weeks. Some people have just got too much time and cheek. Ridiculous. Does he not know there's a pandemic on? Ridiculous. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Here's to the next 10 years under Radford's reign. couldn't resist good night away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.